0: Welcome to Rich in Life, a podcast for anyone looking to be entertained while picking up a few tips on life, luxury, and resilience. And now your host, Rich Irani.
1: I'm Rich Irani, and welcome to Rich in Life. My next guest, Christina Pacelli, is a fashion and celebrity stylist whose clients include Maria Menounos, Brittany Young, and Laverne Cox. Um, I love her. She started her career in Orange is the New Black. It was a great show. But Christina also styles many women of wrestling, Nia Jackson, and Charlotte Flair, just to name a few. We're going to find out how a UCLA graduate who started pre-law became such a successful player in an unrelated field. I had a great conversation with Christina, and we're going to find out how she styles these diverse women and what she says about them, especially the women of wrestling. That's what I want to know. I'd like to know how they are outside of the ring. We're gonna also talk to her about her experience with sizeism in Hollywood and in general, and the down and dirty details of fashion and what it's really like working with the designers and celebrities. Nothing is by accident. Stay tuned. Hi, Christina. Let me see, oh my God, that's great. By the way, I love the painting behind you. Oh, thank you. I have a feeling I would really like your house because I love your style.
0: You're so sweet. I think I the do. same. I mean, I see these amazing sculptures behind you. Those, the I, I, little glimpse into your interior design taste.
1: Thank you. I'm kind of a minimalist. Well, I want to introduce you, Christina Pacelli. Nice yes. Jewish girl, you can tell with that name. <laughs> You're Italian? I am. I'm, I'm half Italian. Half Italian. Okay. I, I love it. Very cool name. For me, it rolls off the tongue. So... It's fabulous. And I'm so happy that you're on my podcast and you want to talk to me to have a famous stylist, to have an image consultant, wife and mother to a beautiful son Shiloh to me is great. Thank you for coming on.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Rich. You're so kind. And I feel I uh, feel as highly and um, I'm a fan of your
1: work as much as you are of mine. Well, thank you. I don't know. You're such an overachiever. I find that it's incredible when I was reading about you. I mean, the fact that you graduated early at UCLA and you uh, took law, public relations, communications, I think you can probably fill a cavity and fly a plane too. It seems like you're really just an overachiever. Are you? You're so funny.
0: Um, I would, yeah, I I would describe myself as um, an overachiever. I always have um in school my teachers would always tell me that so thank you I uh I tend to go above and beyond I do that with my clients today still and it's it's a
1: big part of my job it's just in my nature did you do all that in school did you go through that knowing you were going to be a stylist or was that something that just happened by accident
0: it did happen by accident really um I didn't have any plans to be a stylist or work in the fashion industry um didn't set out to do that I I I jumped into it is how I would describe it. I was um, enrolled to go to law school, um, had plans to do that. With everything going on in the world right now, I wonder, should I have gone to law school? Maybe that was a, a wise uh-huh. path. Um, I didn't end up going to law school. I did enjoy my time in academia, and I do think about you know, eventually returning back to school one day, because I, I do love school. Um, I love being educated and, and being in academia. However, I took a different path and I worked in public relations for seven years after graduating. Mm-hmm. And then I had an opportunity to move to New York City and had a calling um, to, uh, to become a stylist for a while that was calling to me. And I decided with my move to New York that I would take the jump into fashion.
1: So how did you get the jobs? I mean, g- girls, you know, in New York City would literally run each other over you know, back over them with their, you know, Range Rover to get jobs <laughs> with L, with Vogue. Yeah, I'm talking about the Upper East Side. I know all these girls that want to be stylists, all these girls, you know, want to work for these magazines, but you worked for some of the best magazines, Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, L. I mean how did you get lucky? Did you have connections?
0: It was it was a mix of working really hard on set and networking and getting referred by word of mouth. Um, so I really just started doing it one day by first working and interning with a really successful stylist who is my friend, um, who I call a dear friend of mine. His name is Mark Holmes. He's a really successful men's stylist. And I met him literally a week before moving to New York. And I asked if I could join his team just so I could learn the ropes because I didn't know anything about what this job entailed. And so I started interning for him, started from the bottom and worked my way up. And I just worked on. Job after job, I occupied as much time as possible. I mean, seven days a week, late nights, early mornings—you name it. Just working on as many sets as possible so that I could gain the experience and not letting an idle moment go by. And it really paid off. Thankfully, it opened the the door for so many opportunities. I just continued to grow my network with every single job that I was on, and and soon enough, I was connected with the right publicists and the right um, celebrity clients who saw something in me and I was a, you know, decided to bring me on as their stylist.
1: Well, you know, it's funny because I can see that it, it's, it's more than just luck. You had a talent that I noticed by looking at your Instagram and looking all the, at all the people that you style, the celebrities and the wrestlers from WWE, which by the way, my son is obsessed with WWE, huh. everyone he sees, he's only six. I mean, I wish he would just play with his sister's dollhouse with her for five minutes <laughs> because he's always wrestling me. He's always jumping on I bend down to put on a sneaker and it's like, boom, he's right on top of my back. But so, yeah, he's obsessed with it. And what I find so amazing about you is that you really style everyone from all walks of life and you seem to pull out the best of them. You make everyone look so powerful in every photo. How do you do it? Is there research that goes into it? Do you have to research the person? Do you ask them what they want? How does that work?
0: Um, thank you, Rich, for the kind words. Um, True. It, it is, it's definitely a learning process. I um, take the time to research each and every one of my clients um, before I meet them. You know, if it's the first time working with them, walking into the first meeting and preparing for that fitting, I definitely do my due diligence to see what's their personal style, look at photos of them on Getty, what, you know, in their, on their Instagram, and then I have a in depth conversation if I can. Before a, um, a first fitting takes place, I want to hear from them directly. Like, what what's your what's your taste preferences? What what's your how would you describe your personal aesthetic? I want to hear from them directly. Like, what are brands that you like? What are who are certain celebrities that you um, would like to model yourself after? That you would you know love to have their closet. Tell me you know those inspirations so that I am as well equipped and as prepared as possible before I start pulling and then i we can i conduct my first fitting and that first fitting and every subs, subsequent fitting after that is just a learning process of getting to know my client understanding their tastes preferences what are they into and how do we um evolve their style how do we take it to the next level month now, after is month, that where the image your-
1: consultancy comes in i'm sorry to interrupt you but that to me is so interesting that you're an image consultant and i think that's fabulous because i think what people that are listening and in the real world don't realize is that most of these people that we see they had an image consultant to put them right. where they are and I think that is a knack that is really kind of an art that is unique. And how yeah. big of a part does that play? It, it
0: plays a bigger part than it ever has. Um, I think as, our, as the public's um, appetite and interest in celebrities' image and what they're wearing grows and their fashion profile grows, Um, it's more important that image consultants like me are working hand in hand very closely with our clients day after day, month after month and year after year. Um, It's a growth. It's an evolution. It's a journey that you're on together. It requires a lot of communication. Um, I communicate in a very fluid and open way with my clients. I communicate with them as much as they want to. Sometimes they let me take the reins in a, in a um, more stronger way that I can have a, a, a bit more freedom to come back to them and say, hey, this is my thought, and here's, you know, some custom dress uh, sketches that I'm thinking, I like this one the best. Okay, great, Christina, I trust you. Go ahead. You know, it, it varies, but being an image consultant is more than just being a stylist and showing up to the fitting or the set with a rack of clothes that you're going to dress somebody in. It's a long-term trusted relationship that requires a lot of trust, a lot of discussion and a vision for what um, the image is and what, what the image is for that time and place. And then in the future where you want to take that too, because we want to see an evolution. We want to keep people excited. We want to take it to the next level. We want to elevate. We want to surprise. We want to thrill. We want to show different sides and dimensions of our, my clients, um, especially when you're working with certain actors who have a, um, a duty within Hollywood to present themselves in different ways, in different contexts, so that they're considered for different types of roles. A great example of this is my client, whom I have the great privilege of working with is Laverne Cox. And she, um, I love her. She's, yeah, I love her too. She's an incredible person and she stands for so much in the public realm besides just being an actress. And she's has so many different roles that she takes when she's presenting herself on a stage, accepting awards, on red carpets, when she's wearing these really powerful gowns. And then when she's the, a figure, the figurehead for her community in the LGBTQ community. And so what we do together is we think through every season in which we're working on her different looks, we think about okay, what are we trying to say this this season, this this time, um, with your red carpet presence? What's the statement we're making? Where are we going to take it the next time we're as we're approaching award season in January or Emmy season in September? We're very thoughtful about that because herself and other actresses and actors that I work with are thinking too about how do they want to be perceived within Hollywood because they have a job also to appeal to um, and you know, an, an internal audience of those leaders in, in the industry who are hiring my clients.
1: Right. I think it's so interesting because it's funny, I have this and I'm a nobody, but I have this thing that I want to be presented a certain way. I am a nobody, if I go to the grocery store or the bodega, I like to present myself in a certain way and my family. So it's weird. So I'll do the shopping for everybody, which is why sometimes we'll all look like we're dressed to match, but we're not because I I kind of buy similar things for everyone. So no matter what you wear, we're kind of, you know, in sync. You got your uniform? We have our uniform. I'm definitely a uniform person. I am a uniform person. Um, You know, it's funny. Everything you said shows in your work. You know, you're not the, just pull out the Valentino rack and slap it on. You can tell that your research is done on all your clients. Did you ever turn away a client? Did you ever say, you know what? I, I think that we're not on the same page.
0: Yeah, um, there have been a couple instances of that, and you know, it's not anything like it's not um, anything that's dramatic, or it it just isn't necessarily always a a perfect fit. You know, it takes its chemistry in working stylists and client. We have we work really closely together, we do have to have the same vision. Um, It's a little different in even in how like hair and makeup people approach it. Right. They can't. Yeah, you do, you do have to have the same vision often, but a lot of times hair and makeup can just execute and that's great. But we have, as a stylist, I have an ongoing conversation and discussion with my clients. And if we don't have the same vision for the trajectory for where we're taking his or her style, then it
1: probably won't end up working out. Right. Because I mean, the whole process is taxing anyway, when you guys agree. And yet, when you don't agree, I mean, how much more work do you have to put into it to convince someone or try to, you know, and there's also your image that's on the line. You know, you kind of put something right. on someone that you feel doesn't fit them. You know, that's, you know, it's, 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 it's a reflection on you and you want to be proud of your work. How did you get into styling wrestlers? To me, that is so interesting and fun because that's where you can get creative.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had such an amazing experience working with, wwe personalities they are some of the most down-to-earth genuine professional kind sweet people honestly i've it's such a privilege i feel so lucky lucky to be working within their universe i actually did my first um shoot breaking my quarantine seal in the last couple of weeks working with some of the some talent over there and they're amazing people so that i know you work
1: with nia Jax, right you work with nia Jax. i mean you Naya you really did glamorize wrestling. Like when I started looking at your page, your Instagram page, I started now looking at the wrestlers and now suddenly I became <laughs> obsessed in their fashion because that's the kind of fashion that I'm not used to seeing and I love it because how much could you see Balenciaga? How much could you see Celine? How much could you see Chloe? It's like so when I look at your page, it's like a whole new world opened up for me and that must be a lot of fun for you.
0: It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I didn't think about it that way. And it has been an even more fulfilling experience in working with these um, my, my folks over at WWE because they're, they're in their show um, looks. They're in their, their costumes, their gear, and that's their personality on camera. But they're their own um, individuals, unique individuals off, off camera. Um, and they're different individuals. And some of the um, competitors who they compete with in the ring, they're like best friends with outside of outside of the ring, you know, and it's like they're they're different worlds, really. So I've had a really awesome um, experience in helping to cultivate their their personal style, their their fashionable public image that's completely different from the personality that you see inside the ring. Like we really take it to that right. glamorous place. And it's right. so fun. I did a couple of shoots with a couple of my WWE wrestling clients and we did, you know, eight, nine, ten different, completely different, diverse looks, um, which I'm really proud of that
1: work. Do you have any favorites that you work with? Are there any, I know you don't want to name names to give anyone favoritism, oh, yeah. but.
0: I love all of them. Um, I just did a shoot with Charlotte Flair, the queen. Okay. She's incredible. Um, She's a WWE superstar, Nia Jax. I adore both of them, they're just such great people. Um, And I also work regularly with Maria Menounos, who um, is, she's a WWE industry vet, and she's such a joy and such a pleasure. I consider her a dear friend. Um, And I'm also working with Roman Reigns, who's one of the male wrestler superstars
1: over there, and he's also such a pleasure. So cool. Do you ever get thrown certain issues that they tell you, like, okay, I kind of want to hide this, or I don't want to accentuate this? Do they kind of have that? Do you have, do you have that problem as a stylist?
0: Yeah, and it's it's a consider. Those are really important details to 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 go over with my client, not just my WWE girls who I work with, but every Everyone. client. Um, and that's part of the the first um, details that I'll cover with them before we step into first fitting, and when we have that debrief conversation about tastes and preferences we talk about what are areas that you like to accentuate and maybe some that you don't and what are cuts and silhouettes and shapes and um you know sleeve lengths that are the most flattering so we 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 have to i have to know that coming into it and that's a consideration for every one of my clients female and male too
1: I know I've been working in the fashion business for decades, and I have to tell you, I have yet to find a woman that will look in the mirror and be like, oh, perfect. I've always heard things like, this is a fat mirror. This is a crooked mirror. This is a weird mirror. And I look at them, I'm like, you're perfect. I mean, really? And some of them are literally perfect. And they're perfect at every size. I mean, there's no issue to me. You know what I'm saying? Especially the way they come in, the way they're stylized, the way they look. And the fact that they're nice also really does make things so much better. I find when somebody is really nice, they really just have an aura about them that's beautiful and you want to kind of just emulate them. It's not 100%. just what you yeah. put on.
0: I told, I couldn't agree with you more. Like your, the, your words really resonate with me because I experience it day in and day out. Not, very, very rarely do I have fittings where, you know, everything, everything that we try on or our top five looks are like perfect, perfect. And my client looks in the mirror and is, and is like a hundred percent happy with everything. There's always some, um, you know, there, there, there's, there could be certain things that they might nitpick, um, that might be personal to them. And that's, that affects so many women, even the perfect ones, you know, and, um, part of my job and I've had, um, I feel like a, a really amazing privilege of working with some beautiful plus size women in my time who, I tell them and remind them and what I've pulled and I'm showing them off the rack is to show them that they are beautiful. Um, no matter the size, no matter the shoe size or how broad your shoulders are, or, you know, if we don't necessarily need to do cutouts, it's they're beautiful women and they're beautiful in, in what they put on. And it doesn't matter what the size and the number is on on the garment that Uh, we're we're about to zip up it's about their personal confidence and what they're representing and I I feel like I have a duty in in doing that and especially with the amazing women that I work with who some are size zero and some are size 12 um and the whole range in between not every person feels even the models I work with you know they have like their little
1: nitpicks and you just know you just know that
0: you just know that going into it and we do our best to
1: make them shine Right. And you know, to me, the new perfection is imperfection. That's the new perfection. It's imperfection. I don't think that the goal of perfection is even in style anymore. You know what I'm saying? I think the interest on people is the imperfections of people. You know, it's yeah. funny, we forget that looking back, Marilyn Monroe was a size 12 or right. 14 at some times, And some of these actresses were, they were, they were huge. And these were sex symbols. Yeah. And, um, you know, I feel like we kind of need to just bring back a little bit of that and show the world, you know, that it's okay. You know, as long as everybody's healthy and being their best selves, there's nothing wrong.
0: Completely agree. I think we we're at a time where accepting and loving beautiful women's bodies for how they are is that's, that's real, that's celebrating women, that's, when you say you're feminist, that's showing and expressing your feminism and that goes for men too and um, it's it's really important, I think, especially coming out of this era of COVID where we're um, thinking about the importance of our health more than we ever have in our lifetimes, how important it is for us to prioritize. Our health is our wealth, it's not about the size of that garment on the rack, it's not about how often I'm, you know, exercising versus the girl in the Instagram video that looks like she's exercises eight hours a day. It's about how I feel about myself and self love, and um, I hope that what we see coming out of this this time is um, this time of reflection is more rawness, more natural rawness. I mean, um, where we already have have been seeing, you know, more a movement of less Photoshop um, happening in those ad campaigns that we're presented with everywhere that we go. And I love the increase in size inclusivity too, you know, having- When you
1: say that, I was going to ask you about size inclusivity. Yeah. And how I want to know in the past couple of years, did you see a change in it in yes. size inclusivity? You have.
0: Yes. And it's so encouraging. And I hope we just continue on this, on, on this trajectory of, Um, celebrating women of all shapes and sizes i feel like i've been a part of this movement that really has empowered me and gets me continues to keep me excited about in fashion Uh, the time i've been doing this i mean i can tell you for sure that this industry is sizist i i know that because i experience it firsthand and i work with all the brands i um you know wait
1: i'm sorry when you say you yeah. experience it firsthand, you don't mean with yourself. You mean when you're pulling for other people.
0: Um, correct. So not myself. My no, spin- because I
1: mean, ironically, you've got a rocking body.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Rich. I, I, uh, saying the world,
1: I always say the world would be boring if everybody had the same body. I mean, if right. everyone had the same size 2, 4, or 6, I mean, wh- what would all the other men in the world be doing if that was not their thing? I mean, what makes the world amazing is that there are all Ooh. different shapes of size, and was, everybody's got their fetish and their thing.
0: I, I completely agree, and I think about it from how that dress looks on uh, my size 2 model versus my size 8 model, and it looks just as beautiful, and it looks different. You know, it's like the curves of that dress hit in a certain way, and like, it gives it life, and it gives it that, that mm-hmm. garment different life, so... I, I've, I, I mean, I could write a book about my, my learnings and my experiences in um, dealing with and navigating a sizist industry with the big houses in Milan and Paris, especially the European set. I'm not saying all European brands are sizes, but like it's, it's, it, it is a problem, but it's getting
1: better, which I'm very encouraged by. It is true because, you know, a lot of my clients that wore size, I think not even so big, eight or ten. I go to certain showrooms for them. I won't mention yeah. names and they wouldn't even have that size there. So I know, you know, and you probably should write a book. I think a lot of women would probably love to read it. Maybe, you know, cause you have a lot of time. I don't think you're doing enough. What studying law, practicing it on the side. Probably. <laughs> I don't know what you're probably doing on the side. But, um, it but seems I like you have a lot side. on your plate. Yeah. But I want to ask, how did you meet your husband? I mean, because you were such a busy girl, you know, a lot of women kind of choose career They choose, you know, family or career. You know, I I know women, I know girls that go to college, you know, to find a husband. That's the goal. You know, the parents say, okay, I'm sending you to school. Come home with a guy. Come home with a fiance or a husband or a boyfriend. So you're a busy girl and yet you manage to find a great guy who I see a lot on Instagram. I feel like Mm -hmm. I know him and a beautiful son. And you still are such an advocate for everybody else around you.
0: You're so kind, Rich. Thank you for
1: the sweet the words. It's true, it's words. true.
0: I, Yeah, I agree. I, my husband, my life partner is awesome. I'm really lucky. How did you meet? We met when I was 18 or 19 years old at UCLA, our alma mater. I was a freshman. My husband was about to graduate. And we met literally at a, a party, a, a, a water polo party. Um, and I sought him out because I thought he was really hot. And we've been together ever since that night.
1: And how is your How does he handle your success? I mean, you are very successful. I mean, um, it seems like he handles it wonderful.
0: <laughs> he's, he's incredible. In man, I mean, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for Nick. He is my greatest cheerleader. He is my greatest support system. I have a lot of... This has been just the most... Challenging, incredible, but also very trying experience, and just growing my business, like taking a leap from PR, where I had a very cushy corporate job, um, a salary and health insurance, and all that, into being a freelancer with no experience, making no income, and I had a, I had my husband, you know, supporting me all the way through, just saying, you know, you can do this, you can do this, and um, he, I wouldn't have been able to do this without him because he has encouraged me all the way in taking that daunting leap into a a very unknown place that still there's no, I mean, this industry is pretty cutthroat and it's hard to navigate and it changes day by day. Um, There's no like real guidebook and there's no protections necessarily. Um, We take a lot of risk in doing this job physically and also we borrow samples that we're responsible for that if our client loses what happens, you know, like there's so many different details people don't know. And, um, but, to, you have to have a partner if you're really doing this job like full-time in different cities all over the world with different clients and you're doing working with uh red carpet clientele in Hollywood you need a partner who's going to be understanding of the 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 hard work and the late nights I mean it, my job is my life and um it's I mean often days it's seven days often weeks it's seven days a week like I work late nights early mornings and if you don't have somebody who understands that and expects to see you for dinner at home every night, then it'll be so hard,
1: takes a toll. He seems very content with Shiloh. He seems very content, just hanging out with Shiloh, taking him on little (laughs) hikes and doing all that. So I think you've got it made, but you know, after everything you just said, I'm just curious, have you had any failures in your career?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've had some missteps. I've, I've made mistakes I look back at those mistakes, I use them as learning opportunities for sure. I mean, I'm not perfect. I really work hard to, I try to be as perfect as I can be because there's so much in this craft that's where perfection um, and and having an immaculate sense of detail is like so important. You know, I don't want any cracks. I want it to be solid. And um, because, you know, people see those, those cracks and I work really hard to like fortify my, the foundation of my work and the work that, that I'm presenting. And I, I do feel like I do a good job of that. And I feel like my clients would agree, but it's uncharted territory being in this role and this industry. And I do make mistakes and I, I think back on those mistakes and I, um, I'm like, okay, what lessons am I drawing from this? I would like to not make that mistake again.
1: See, that's important. Learning from your mistakes, I think is one of the most important things. You know, that's right. something that I didn't always have. I, I kind of, used to make the same mistakes. My mom used to always tell me, you always leap and then you look. I would always just make the mistake Mm -hmm. and then realize. But I think as I've gotten older, I've taken a step back and I kind of try to look before I do things, before I make decisions. You know, I'm very concerned about putting my name on things. Yeah. You know, and I bet you can relate to that. People probably call you all the time that want to do collaborations, I bet and wanna right. do things with you and you have to be very careful.
0: Yeah, there's definite thoughtfulness. I mean, I have a, a brand. I mean, my brand is in working to create incredible, unforgettable, long lasting brands for other people, but I definitely have my own brand too and I have to be very thoughtful about how am I going to present it and think through the, the longevity of my brand and the, you know, the respectability of my brand. I think through all of those, those things every day.
1: So what are your favorite looks for yourself let's say?
0: I love myself like I love edgy tomboy. I like the balance of feminine with boy with boyish
1: tomboy looks. I get it um, like what you're wearing now is so cute and so adorable. I love it. I love what you're thank wearing. You.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I. That's like what if I'm just like pulling something from the closet, like every morning I'm like inspired to to do. Okay, if I'm gonna do a cool, I, I want to wear like a cut up t-shirt with like boy boyfriend jeans that are distressed. Then I'm gonna do like a really cool, feminine, edgy metal necklace and a belt. Say, I like to do the balance of the two for for are you uh,
1: controlling? my personal style. That's nice. Are you controlling with your husband and Shyla? <laughs>
0: I wouldn't say controlling. I buy all of my husband's clothes and shoes and I just buy him stuff. And he like, like most of the time where like likes it, it'll just come in a box. Um, and he's like, all right, I like this most of the time, not all the time. Yeah. That's kind of how I do it. I don't like style my husband every day, but I have like a certain, I like certain brands for him and I just kind of like, Peruse and get him things. And, he, he digs it.
1: You know, I ask you because I am controlling. I will say that. I, I would say that's probably <laughs> one of my biggest flaws. You know, Brad's like, you know, nodding his head. You know, so I, I do buy their clothes. I don't style anyone, but I buy everything that I like. So I know no matter what you put on, at least I'm going to like, you know, prove it. Yes, You know totally. So yeah, it's, and I hate the fact that I'm so controlling and I'm losing the control because my kids are getting older. They're six. So oh. enjoy Shiloh's age. You know, my daughter tells me no collars. I'm like, bitch, I just bought you 20 collars from Paris. I mean, I just came back and got her little blouses with collars. I'm like, now no, it's a t-shirt. And you're just wearing a t-shirt. And she just does this to me. No, no collar. I'm like, I'm losing control. And you know, my sister's tell me, Rich, you're in for a life of misery if you think you're going to control everything they wear and how they look. So I'm trying to let go of that.
0: Yeah, I believe, I believe it. I mean, these are kids, they have their personalities and they're going to be into things that they're into that we might not be into.
1: No. And, and also fine. they go to school and they see right. other kids wearing pajamas and they want to come home and suddenly go to school in leggings. I'm like, we don't do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You're but like, everyone in school does yeah. it, but we don't do that.
0: Yeah, right. Right. You go, we're going to get you the glorified version of the track pant
1: pajama. Exactly. I get the pant with the little buttons on the sides and a little fake uh, crease. So it's a legging, but it looks like a little bit of a pant. It's thick. So I try to improvise, but you know, it's hard. I find it, the older they get, the harder it gets.
0: I believe it. I totally, I guess preparing for it. I should just soak it up now where I can just
1: dress my son like a model. But I have such faith in you. You can put them in anything. You can put your son in anything, probably, and he's going to rock it amazing. My son wants a (laughs) baseball jersey. I don't know what to do with that. I mean, (laughs) me, I don't know, have no idea what to do with that. I can't even look at it.
0: I can tell you some cute baseball jerseys.
1: Oh, good. Tell me. Give me some.
0: I appreciate it. I definitely...
1: There's an art to everything.
0: Yes. But I'm not like a spectator sport um, enthusiast.
1: I'm just not... I know I'm with you. I totally get it. I'm with you. I respect it. It's fine. But I, tell I have my other interests. You know, <laughs>
0: me,
1: you have enough interests. I mean, I think you have too many interests. I mean, you also style Broadway stars, right? Yeah. You style people yeah. from Broadway, uh, wrestlers, uh, models. I mean, everything. I mean, there. I, I mean, it seems like you've done everything in the spectrum. What is in the future for you? I'm I'm curious because I have in my mind what I think I would recommend that you do, but I'm curious what you think your future.
0: Is. Oh, I'm curious to hear what you what you think. We're at a standstill point right now, a, a transitional point, I will call it, with uh, yes. COVID and how yes. the red carpet calendar has really died down um, at the present moment. Future for me, so I what I'd like to do is I'd like to do a, I'd like to continue doing more of the same, but in a in a more for more quality and than quantity, if you will. Also, I want to continue working with type of clients that I've been working with so I currently I work with an amazing set of clientele that I'm so I respect so much that are really important people in not only my life but in in the world and I am just so proud to be able to work with and, and be inspired by people like Laverne Cox who means so much and she's you know she's at the forefront of a um a civil rights movement that you know is happening right before us, before our eyes. Amazing. and she was great. Yeah, I want. She
1: was her was her big break in was in Orange is the New Black. Was that her big break? Because that's yeah. her, it was. That's where I remember seeing her, and yeah. it was a great show. Loved her.
0: That was the beginning for uh, her and I together working together. Orange
1: is the New Black. Oh, you a worked lot of- with her during Orange is the New Black. Yes. Oh.
0: So that's when we started working together was to promote the show. It was like, you know, maybe season two. So we've been together since the beginning. I just love working with, with my clients who are doing more than just being actors. And they stand for something. I like working with people who think like me and have strong points of view when it comes to social justice and the importance of equal rights and feminism, more progressive ideologies. And it's very fulfilling. And I want to keep doing that. I want to keep working with clients who are making differences in the world. That's, that's how I hope, besides my personal um, efforts that I'll be making in terms of uh, where we are. It's an election year, and I'm going to be doing my own personal things. But also, if I can help dress those um, figureheads in the community in what they're doing for the civil rights movement right now, that's also a contribution. So I want to keep working with my clients in that capacity. And I want to, I think that something that I've learned during this time in quarantine is that this is such a rat race job. Like I, it's so busy. It's so, there's so much moving. There's so much jets heading. I work almost every day, um, very long hours. And I want to work more quality than quantity so that I can have a, strike a bit more of a work-life balance in my life um, because it was totally lacking prior to this. So this has been my time to kind of regain some perspective. And I'd like to work with my same awesome group of clients, but work in a more quality basis than a quantity basis. That makes sense. I get it.
1: I get it. Now it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I would be the same way. So what I envisioned for you more was like, I can see you coming out with not just a book, but a couple of books of, you know, not just interesting things from your past, but I think for women on how to, how to work their bodies, how to appreciate it, how yeah. to, you know, give up on, you know, issues and body issues. And then in addition to that, you follow up with a design, with, with clothes, design some clothes. I know mm-hmm. it's not the best time to be designing because I know right now, you know, right. we're in a place where peop- not everyone's spending a lot of money, but I feel right. like I've seen the way you style people and I'm sure those pieces are not easy to find. And I think that you'd have a good perspective on finding those pieces for a large amount of women in the world, for a lot of women.
0: Yeah. You're, you know, I've thought about it, Rich, and thank you for, for sharing that because I respect your opinion a lot. And you're a designer in this world and you know like what that, enta- what it, that entails and takes. It's a lot. I've thought about Bridging into um, designing. And I think where I would start first if I were to do it is jewelry, maybe belts too. That has been like, I'm obsessed with jewelry. I love trying, I pull a lot of different styles of jewelry. I accessorize like very thoughtful and accessorizing um, my clients like head to toe for shoots when I can be very creative. I just love it. There's so much you can express with jewelry. You can do a lot. You take a look to a totally different place with jewelry. And so if I were to start designing, probably be with that because I have a lot of ideas with that. And maybe belts because I, I use belts a lot. Accessories is probably where I would start. Maybe handbags, maybe shoes before I would do clothes. That's too this is,
1: this is how I know you're so smart because people don't need more clothes. People are throwing on you know uh, uh, gym clothes. People are throwing on leggings. Right, yeah. It's the shoes, it's the belt, it's the jewelry. The problem is there's nothing different enough out there to grab people to want to buy. But I can see you making the jewelry and the belts to change up you know, leggings, yeah. to change up jeans so fantastically that you'd make them want to buy them. They'd want to own these pieces. So I, I think that's a great yeah, idea. It's
0: totally the high-low styling of you have an H&M dress that you style with like a higher-end belt, that really awesome um, rich Irani heel that just takes that H&M dress to the next place. Like, And I also see how much like a a belt, a cinched belt, like transforms a woman's look to make her like, just even more flattering on her silhouette. So I use belts a lot.
1: Um, And I know, I love that you use belts and you you use them on everybody. You kind of, on almost everybody, you don't discriminate. You kind of really have, I love that about you. It's really a bold move and it's, and it shows, you know what I'm saying?
0: I love, I love the belts. It's like, there's definitely a hole in that category. Yes. So I thought about, because jewelry is pretty oversaturated as well, but there's definitely a, a, a need in the category of belts that doesn't exist really. So that's an area that I could definitely explore. We'll see. You're absolutely
1: <laughs> right. There is, I know, because I go to the shows and there used to be back in the day, belt designers. There really isn't anymore. Right. What right. happened was we wound up just buying belts from Chloe or belts from Balenciaga right. or, you know, whoever, whichever designer collection, you know, but it's just so contrived. So yes, I agree with you. There is a niche there. What advice would you give to young girls today that want to break into the styling business and kind of don't know how to do it? I mean, a lot of women, I used to get cards. I would say, I don't know, five, six, seven cards a month from women that were customers and say, now they're stylists, you know, their kids got older and now they're, you know, want to keep busy and they had great style. I'm not denying that, but all they had was a business card and you know, they seem to everyone, it falls flat. How does some, what, what advice would you give somebody yeah. that wants to now get into styling and be successful at it?
0: Well, I would say you need to be hands-on in learning. You need to put, put yourself on those sets so, so that you can learn how to do the job. The job is, you can't read about it and learn it. You can't take a course on it. You need to live the job to learn how to do it. And it's a lot, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's like a trade. You have to just do it. And so um, you would
1: recommend, so what I'm so what I'm taking from that is you would recommend being an assistant to somebody where you mm-hmm. can learn. Yep. Correct. See, yeah. I find a lot of the stylists today and the young girls want to skip all of that because they have nice taste. You it, know, it's you impossible. You, I know.
0: It's impossible. I, I it mean, works. well, there's a difference between being a personal shopper and being a stylist and there's different types of stylists too. I'm a freelance celebrity stylist. So I run my own business. I have my own clients who I work with. I'm not employed by anybody. I, I am, you know, I am my own boss. And I work with, I work with in Hollywood. I'm not a personal shopper who goes to sacks and shops for, you know, women who are looking for, you know, additions to their wardrobe. I do a little of that as part of, the work in working with my clients, but it's not the majority of what I do. So there's different types of style. You know, there's people, there's right. stylists who work on e-commerce sites or stylists who do catalog shoots and all of that. And that's all great. There's different niches, but the job itself, if you're working with samples and you're, you know, you're tasked with pulling together looks for a shoot, it's the job remains. You have to learn how to, where are you going to source those shoots? What where are the showrooms that, has those brands that you want to pull from you have to know where all the showrooms are located you have to build relationships with those showrooms you have to know how to do sample trafficking it's a lot of logistics uh yeah, I, you have I think to people to don't care. realize
1: that i think yeah. people don't realize it so yeah. who are some I mean, of your favorite designers i know you love christian seriano or like christian seriano because i've seen that you've used his, his yeah. um dresses a lot
0: i love anybody christian. else in particular
1: yeah i yeah. love this stuff too
0: I love I love um, high fashion, of course. I love Gucci. I love Marc Jacobs. I love the quirk yeah. of Marc Jacobs. Yeah. I love Praval Garung. Um, I like edgy brands like RTA um, and the jewelry brand Dylan Lex. I love Dries Van Noten. I love Tom Ford. So
1: you're all over the board, which I love. You know, you know, everyone has kind of their own look and you kind of take everyone for their own look. I I get it because I love Demulemeister's pants. I love Rick Owen's shoes. I love, you know, like there's some, I love Tom Brown's clothes in general for me. You know, I started taking tags off now because I don't like, things that are too identifiable so I kind of take tags Uh, off if I do buy these days you know when he designed for Montclair uh, Tom Brown was I took all the little patches off of everything I saved them but I just took all the patches off just to be kind of nondescript because that's kind of my thing Mm
0: -hmm. but um
1: I do like the fit and um I get you you have to take something from everyone what are some of your pet peeves (laughs) you're so Uh, nice you're gonna tell me nothing
0: no I mean I, I I have some I have some
1: pet peeves what are fashion pet peeves
0: punctuality
1: oh okay yeah uh
0: i can't um it's hard to do this job when people aren't on time people's respect of time too i think they like there's just you come across a lot of times people don't understand how there's there's prep work involved in, in my job
1: cindy crawford about 20 years ago in an article said she goes on time and she leaves when she's supposed to she doesn't go by the other models that come late and she doesn't care about if the photographer is running late. Her time is her money and she goes there. And I've met her quite a few times. We had conversations about it because I knew a lot about her. And I have to tell you, she's a real businesswoman and very respectful. She really is a respectful woman. I really it, admire her.
0: That's but awesome that is, to, to hear. Yeah. Like you, and it, it's, you see if there's that professional behavior from folks like that, they're they're going far because of it. I mean, well, she was yeah, young. Crawford, she, also, she was young at yeah. the time.
1: She wasn't a kid, and she had that kind of oh, ethic as great. a young girl in the height of her else. career. And, and what about fashion pet peeves?
0: I would say designing for one homogenous body type that doesn't that doesn't it's not represent representative of like seventy percent of the women right. in America. Right. Um, designing for that size zero waif like figure with no hips and no butt and no bust that doesn't work for the majority of women who are considering buying our clothes.
1: I could see you having no patience for that. <laughs> just, no pa-
0: it works for some some things, but not. But majority no, and like no, it, it you have that's to be. That's like I feel like why designers like um, Christian do so well: Prabal Gurung, Zach Posen because they design for every woman and Mark Bauer, they understand they know women's bodies. They celebrate them and they don't, it's not just for an A cup, you know, a certain um, silhouette, um, upper body silhouette. It's, it's for different types of women. Yes. You can have certain cuts that are going to work great for that body type, but not one size fits all, you know,
1: I agree. One size definitely does not fit all. And a funny story about Mark Bauer. He went to my gym years ago. Equinox, when we lived in New York City. Uh-huh. I don't know if he still lives there. I had no yes. idea who he was in the height of his career. He was, <laughs> we were at the gym for years together. I had no uh-huh. idea that he was West Mark Village? The West Village? No, it was Chelsea. One? It was no, it okay, was yep. Chelsea.
0: He's incredible. Uh, he's, a, he's a great, great guy. You want to talk about a fashion champion? He's mm-hmm. just like Christian, he is doing a lot for. Feminism in fashion for LGBTQ representation in fashion. But he started,
1: Um, didn't Mark kind of start it from a long time ago? He was I felt like one of the first that was dressing people.
0: He's a fashion OG um respected vet. I mean he was dressing Whitney Houston during her the height of her career, Shania Twain, creating these amazing custom looks. He is incredible with his ingenuity, his creativity, his fits he has this uncanny ability to like memorize women's bodies after one fitting. And then he can make dress after dress after design that will fit perfectly like a glove on that client after one fitting. It's like, that's a, that's a gift.
1: It is a gift. And what do you say to all these celebrities that, you know, will either have a reality show or something, and then just suddenly come out with a jeans line or a clothing line with no experience at all because I as well know many designers that went to school, they know how to rouge and fit and they do it with their hands are bloody from pinning. And then, you know, certain celebrities come out after being on a reality show and have a whole collection of clothing. Yeah, What's your feeling on that?
0: I mean, I, I, I don't have a strong opinion. I, it, the, the integrity will show itself if it's there. The Olsen twins did a great job. Um, I love the row. There's a lot of celebrities who are doing jewelry lines now or capsule collections. I respect it for sure. Um, I think that they're employing some of the best designers to help them, however. that like They might be involved in some creative decisions, but right. um, a lot of where their sketching comes from and their ideas are coming from the creatives, the designers behind the scenes who are on their teams.
1: I will say that was a perfect answer. I think on that note, that was a perfect answer. And I think that shows what a lady you are. Uh You really do. You not only see the best in everyone visually, you see the best in everyone, I think in every way. And I think that's why I'm kind of drawn to you. And I want to thank you for coming on this podcast and talking to me.
0: Thank you so much, Rich. You're such a pleasure. You're such a ray of sunshine. I'm I really, really not,
1: but thank you.
0: <laughs> I need it right now in this time. It's, it's kind of a weird time. And I just to be able to be on your show right now um, brings some brightness nice. and smiles to my day. So thank you so much for And you brought time. it to me
1: as well. I thank look you. forward to seeing you in person.
0: Yes, as soon as possible, please. We need to yes. have a nice glass of champagne yes. and swap stories, quarantine stories. Love
1: it. I want to talk.
0: Yeah, me too. Thank you so right. much, Rich.
1: Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of rich in life. I hope you liked it. And if not tough, the time's gone already. You can't get it back next week. You'll hear from an Emmy award winning journalist. who's going to dish the dirt on what celebrities like behind the scenes. And trust me, I really get it out of her. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at rich in life, visit us, at richinlife.com where you can hear the latest episodes and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Am I done?
0: You've been listening to Rich in Life with Rich Arani. If you liked what you've heard, click subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes or visit us at richinlife.com. That's R-I-T-C-H in life.com.